everyone. It is Thursday night, 7 o'clock Central. We're going to the big rigs this Thursday night. We're joined by Mr. Gene Dunn and Brian Elthorpe. Guys, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. We appreciate your time, as always, and joining us. Guys, this was – it was a little slim pickings this time, but I managed to get a few more than I thought I would, I'll be honest. Yeah, um, the Super Semi class, it's always fun to watch, but not like the most populated class ever. Um, right. But the guys that are in this class are really, really tough, no matter who they are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Technical details uh, that affected us being able to put together a ranking this week. If you've been on the Pro Pulling League website in the last 10 days, you'll notice that the results from uh, 2022 are gone. So it's. Uh, Took a little bit of doing to excavate that information and try to correlate it in some meaningful way across NTPA, um, what goes on up, up in Minnesota way, out east and, and in Ohio, and, and try to come up with a meaningful ranking. Um, as it got closer to showtime, I just said, well, I'm going with what I got. And right or wrong, there's there's, yeah. there's two guys at the bottom of the screen that can come find me in the spring and, and, and give me what four and what five if I'm out of offline. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. The results for PPL being there kind of made it a little more difficult, but I went mainly off of uh, NTPA and OSDPA trucks. Those are the ones that I'm most familiar with. But uh, I'm curious to see where our lists are going to be for this week. I wouldn't think to be too far off. It's just where, it's just how many guys could we find and how and where can we place them through uh, who they who they went against? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. Dunn, uh-huh. you recently purchased another truck, and I would argue, for me, that was probably the first sim I ever saw run. They made an exhibition pass down here in the southern area. Talk to us a little bit about that and how that all came about. Okay, so you're um, you're talking about Shameless then, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, Mike got out of it um, a couple of years ago, and he actually sort of parted it out. I mean, he pulled the motor and tranny out, and it went one direction. So basically, all I actually bought was the shell. You know, well, everything but the motor and tranny. Um, it was over there at uh, Martin's, over there in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, where I get some of my motors built and stuff. And the guy that was um, planning on running it. Uh, decided that he wasn't going to so you know put it up for sale and i was asking about it because i mean it's always caught my eye and that's about it so i'm not real sure that we're going to have it on the track this coming year um because it's going to need a motor and training and of course that's the most expensive part so um absolutely but i mean we got it and we'll be plugging away at it so if we don't have it on the track this year it'll be next year well, I mean, if we don't have it next year, which is this coming year, you know, then it'll be the year after. So we'll just have to see what happens there. That truck was, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Cummins KTA truck, was it not? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Would you look to stay with that or go something else? No, I mean, I'm I run cats, so yeah. you know, we'll go we'll go Caterpillar. Gotcha. It's good to try to keep everything. Fairly close to the same. So when you blow stuff up and stuff, then you only need one spare instead of five. 
<laughs> That's true. That is true. How many semis uh, do you run? Well, this um, this season we ran four. Oh wow! So, uh, was and, it four uh, full time, or was it just pick and choose where you ran all of them at? Um, I, I normally stick with the OSTPA. Um, you know, that way I don't really have to leave the state, and they have way too many pulls for us, anyways. You know, we got twenty some hooks in a year, um, so you know, I, I just run with them. I think, as, I think that I saw the results, I, I think you had two of them at all of them, and then the other two were probably there, uh, what, two-thirds of the time maybe? Um, pretty much. Well, probably three-quarters of the time, probably more than that. Yeah. Didn't miss yeah. many with them. Um, I think I only missed like three or four with um, with the blue one, just for the fact when we was changing the motor. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I would say we hit um, the two that we didn't hit all of them with, we hit – 85% of them might even better than 90% of them with them. So yeah, we, we was hitting it pretty hard. Wow. Gene Ryan Rusick's watching tonight. He's wondering if you're running the C-15s or a variant of a 3406. Um, both actually. We've got the um, C-15s and two of them and 3406 in the Twisted Kitty. And um, and then we've got, um, we still got the Poopy um, Detroit and the um, Armbender one. <laughs> wow which i mean everybody keeps asking when i'm going to upgrade that one but you know we know that we're not going to win when we go with that one but nobody else has them and they sound good you know so it, it's just sort of nice to have something a little bit different you know and yeah i always have like the sounds of the detroits even though you're all you're doing is converting the diesel fuel into noise but you know <laughs> Yeah, for those, I mean, I don't know, Shane, Wyatt, I don't know if you guys got the chance to hear back in the late 90s, you know, a couple of the the turbocharged V12 Detroits that were part of the tour, and uh, there is no sound like that in the sport. It, it's, it was, you're, Gene's right, you were mostly converting fuel into smoke and noise, but it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first time I ever saw semis, I think I had to have been at least six years old, so I probably wouldn't have heard that then. But that's kind of where my love for semi started is they showed up, made a test pass, and they sounded awesome. It was a crowd favorite. And then as the years went on, we went to Bowling Green. That was always a class I made sure I stayed up and late enough to watch because I don't get to see them all the time because down here in my area, I mean, I don't think there's any semi classes around me at all. I think Battle of the Bluegrass has a semi class, but they're uh, more often than not not around here. I think uh, you guys would probably agree that semi pullers, when it comes to being partisan to a particular, especially a power plant, um, you're as bad or worse than the tractor guys with your fierce loyalties with with some of that stuff. Yeah, definitely seems to be the case. Well, Mr. Elther, we haven't heard much from you yet. Can you uh, give us a little history on how you got into this class? So uh, <clears throat> around 2016 is when I, I purchased the truck out of Nebraska. Um, it, was running a, it was running a limited, uh, 
limited class there. I think they had to, no bigger than a four three turbo, or maybe it was a four five, and uh, and they had a bunch of other limitations. So, I mean, when I got that truck, it was it was well under two thousand horse, um, and I I did get it out that year and ran a little bit. I did some exhibition stuff around home here, trying to get some people interested in that class and. And uh, I ventured out to Ohio State, hooked with, you know, Larrabee and those guys a couple times and and uh, found out real quick that we were lacking horsepower. So the following, that winter, um, I actually got a hold of Jeremy Walker and, and uh, because I had heard that he had some stuff for sale. And by the time I got a hold of him, he had sold everything. So um, in talking with him, got campaign on on board and uh we built the first pro stock motor that went into that truck and we ran that truck um 2017 on a limited schedule and then 2018 was the first year that i that i joined the grand national class and uh so i mean i put a lot of work into that truck we stretched the frame i had to put new rears in it of course the motor and transmission was all different than when i bought it but what I bought was a was a, you know a good starter for me because I had no idea what what I was doing. So um, <clears throat> that was you know that was a big help. And then you know having uh, campaign Jeremy Walker on board, you know it saved me a lot of years to get to get competitive. So you know I I came out you know right out of the right out of the box pretty competitive. Um, and we ended up winning. Uh, the Enderly that first year in Grand National in 2018, and then in 19 we backed up one won the Enderly again. Um, so, and we just plugged away and kept kept improving the motor with you know campaigns help and and uh, you know I, I think we have something now that's that's pretty competitive. Seems yeah. to be the case. You've won back to back titles. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that campaign helped work on a semi motor. That's news to me completely. Campaign did all of Jeremy Jeremy Walker's motors in his two trucks when he had them. Really? Yeah. All these years? Yeah, he did he did all his motor work. So um, Wow. And really not didn't get too much recognition for it, but um yeah, he's he's quite a guy. Yeah, he is. He's helped us out. A couple of times whenever our tractor was not wanting to act right before we pulled and he's helped mm -hmm. us out a little bit too. Yep. Yeah, he's been around a long time. Yeah, he really has. Yep. Well, fellas, we're here to rank these semis. Let's go ahead and get into it. Any honorable mentions for anybody before we uh, crack the top ten? I had a couple. Um, <clears throat> so mine, I had the uh, rubber duck truck, uh, just passing through class. It was the second of the island trucks. Never got out much, but knowing its history, it's always been a good truck. Uh, Cat scratch fever. And then the final one is one Gene Dunn's trucks, and that's the Lady Butterfly. I agree with those uh, that you mentioned. I'd probably add in a couple out of USA East, the Moody Blue, uh, Jeff Lawton, and uh, geriatrics of uh, Jerry Hairhogger, um, pretty strong out out on the East Coast. They just don't 
they don't travel a lot, but I know when they stack up with a lot of the other guys, they're they're in the mix. Yeah, I totally agree. Why I had the same guys on my honorable mentions as well for the same reasons. Well, cool. Get into it. I guess I put myself first again. So um, this is a this is one that actually in the trust to look at everything for the for the year. I think they were experimenting a little bit, and and the results just weren't there. It's a it's a strong truck. It should be a lot higher in this list, but this is where I had to put playing with fire, Brian DeBrow. Yeah, if I was to do this again a year ago, it would have been a lot higher. I totally agree. I thought the same thing whenever I was going through and looking at numbers and everything. Yeah. Uh, not quite the year he wanted. Like you said, probably testing a couple things, seeing where it could go. Uh, my number 10, I went with keep on trucking out of the island stable. Had one win on the season. Didn't get out much, but went, made the win count. Um, knowing that truck's history, it's always been at the top. Yeah. So my number 10, I could not make this uh, list at all without putting the short leash truck on here. Um, that, uh, truck of the Mr. J.R. Collins drove before he passed that truck was, um, uh, my favorite growing up with the fire and everything. First time I ever got to see it runs at Bowling Green, Ohio. And, uh, I couldn't do this list without putting that truck in there. Don't hate it at all. Don't hate it. Number nine, I probably went to a place, I don't know, I did go to one of the, the USA East trucks for this one just because i looking at some things where he, he kind of crossed over and ran against some of these guys. Um, I had to come up with uh, uh, Nate August in the work in progress truck. Here. That is one I did not get to see much of actually on videos I went over. Gene, I think you've pulled against him a, a, a fair amount of times this summer. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, no, I don't think I've pulled against him because I don't think no, he was over in the Ohio State. Okay. He, he pulls with the USA East mainly. Hmm. And, and, then last, and then last year he was, um, he was a little bit – he wasn't quite as hot last year. But, I mean, he was with the big rigs this year. But, like I say, I never got to pull against him. Gotcha. Okay. I couldn't remember if you had or not. Yep. My number nine, like you said, uh, kind of an experiment year for him. Ryan DeBro on the plane of the fire truck. He had four NCPA top fives. He's past PPL champion. Um, not tight tonight. Cons he's consistent runner, just not the, quite the year he's used to having. Yeah, absolutely. My number nine actually went to Mr. Dunn with the Lady Butterfly. He fit, That truck was second in OSCPA points and had a great year on the OSCPA circuit. I wish I could have seen it at Bowling Green, though. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, one that's got a long history behind it through a number of people. Yeah, it's um, it was one of the original hot trucks, actually, you know, years ago. Um, I'm always afraid of Bowling Green, though. You know, it just I'm always afraid of tearing stuff up, and then two or three days later, I got another hook with Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely understandable, especially if you're in a points race. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the bad part about it. It seems like with the semis, they really hammer them hard there at Bowling Green, and I mean it. It's just a rough way down through there. Yeah. It just seems, you know, that's like not this year, but last year, um, um, Robert Duck ended up tearing his up big time up there. Yeah, it's one of the chances you take when you bring these things out every every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They put on one heck of a show, though. Yeah, quite the numbers, though, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, number eight. Sorry, bear with me. I was checking the private messages because I hadn't seen those before. Number eight. That's where I went to uh, Joji a little in the sneaky peak. Ah, okay. That's a pretty radical um, chalk. Yeah, it is. It is. And he did do well uh, in uh, PPL points. I, I do believe he was in there in the top five. But, uh, you know, I, I, it seemed like checking some results where he would show up other places, just kind of up and down, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. My number eight, I went with the Hillbilly Deluxe truck. He had three OSTPA wins. Very good showing wherever he goes. Um just not quite as many wins as it takes to get in the top half of this. Yeah. My number eight was the executioner truck. He had one grand national win on the year. Just didn't see the fire, so to speak, that I'm used to seeing out of that truck this year. Matt Brown's watching. He'll chime in, I'm sure. I know. Just wait for him, but... Yeah, that, that truck's made, made its way around knowing it came out of Jack Kilmeyer stable. Yep. I think in the center of this, we're going to find ourselves coming in uh, pretty close with one another. Um, it, number seven, that's where I, I plugged in Hillbilly Deluxe and, and Spencer Rook. For all the reasons that uh, Wyatt mentioned. Yep. Now, yeah, last, was- last half of the season he definitely did real good he was pouring on the steam the last half did he mainly run ostpa or was he on the uh, champions tour yeah he ran ostpa um and that's where i was saying the last half of the season was where he was really pouring the steam on okay yes it did i remember watching on the stream yeah, that, that pass to Hutchinson was one to see f- for the executioner. Yes, it was. Hutchinson had a bunch of memorable memorable passes this year. Yeah, it didn't matter what class it was. No. <clears throat> My number seven, that's why I put the Braun truck, the executioner. He had one Grand National win, five top fives, consistent runner. Um, just not quite – I don't know if it was issues, but just not what I'm used to seeing out of that truck. Yeah. My number seven, that's where I came in with playing with fire. I'm with you guys on that. I think it was an experimental year for him. And uh, he, the last uh, session at Bowling Green, not being able to come back and run the final session really hurt him in the points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And he is doing some, some unique stuff. and He's pretty tight-lipped about it. What's going on under the hood with that one? I'm excited to see what comes from it. Did some of the experimenting on that truck start at TPC? No, it goes back uh, a couple years b- before that. Um, 
there is a little bit of crossover work that's going on with the Canadian drag racing guys, but um, the the hard parts crossover, I, I guess, is what I would say. But the tuning is where where there's a difference because the application is just so different. Hmm. Well, you always got to try something. Yeah, for sure. If you're not trying to get better, you're getting worse. I'll run out the bottom half of the top 10 for myself, and perhaps maybe it's a little bit of familiarity bias because I have, I've seen it uh, a little bit more than some of the others, but that is where I landed the Braun team and the executioner. Yeah, we're all pretty pretty similar here on the bottom half so far. Yep. Uh, run on my bottom half. That's why I've got the Sneaky Pete truck. Couple PPL wins, very stout when he uh, when he shows. Didn't really cross over much on the NTPA side, uh, other than Bowling Green that I've seen. But in the past, he's always been a really good runner when he comes when he comes to play with cross uh, associations. Yeah, laying into my number six. That's where I came in with Twisted Kitty. He was your OSCPA points champion this year, and always a threat no matter where it shows. And these guys, uh, when they roll through the gate for either you, Brian or Gene, you just kind of go, uh-oh, that guy's here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's several of them that um, gets your attention when they roll through the gate. You know, sneaky feet, definitely. Oh, yes. Well, let's hit the top half. Top half time. Well, we're gonna we're gonna stick with some more uh, similarities here. That's where I put uh, put Gene and Twisted Kitty. Um, very good season with the OSTPA. Um, came out and, and was a winner at the Polar's Championship back in the spring. So proved he can do it against uh, against the, the GN and Champions Tour type guys. So um, um, I, I understand your reasons why you stay close to OSTPA. I'd love to see what you could do out on the National Tour, Gene. I think you'd be a threat. Yeah, I, I think we're lacking just a little bit, but um, we're making a few changes, so we'll see what happens and then go from there. Yep. Copy that over. I've got it all for the same reasons. Um, I understand you're staying close to home, and you've, you're always a threat. I mean, chasing the points title, that's always a big thing. Um, I don't blame you at all for staying in Ohio State, but like Charles said, I'd love to see what happens if you run the national circuit. We'll see what happens. You know, we're, I'm not saying we will this next season, but maybe the one after that. Maybe we'll have all our ducks in a row for that. Sweet. So my number five is actually one is our guest, Nikki's Nightmare, which your Grand National Points champion. Brian, where did that name come from? Oh, that's my wife. I, I Well, I figured, but... <laughs> It's amazing how many names are like that. Somebody threw it out one day and it just kind of stuck. So it's pretty that's, fitting. That's how a lot of these wind up being. <laughs> Once you find something, you got kind of got to stick to it. I mean, whenever you roll through the gate, everyone knows. Well, Nicky's nightmares here. We got we got a tough one. Yeah, yeah, he's a rough one. <clears throat> 
Now, is Gene, is OSTPA the only state association that has semis, or is there another one that I can't think of? It's the only one that I actually know of that does, you know, but I'm not real familiar with a lot of the other state associations, but. Uh, UPM does have one. Yeah. And did Badger State used to, is that right? Badger Brian? State used to, but it used to only be Ryan and uh, Chris that would run it. So, Gotcha. The thing I found that even the organizations that do run semis, they just don't run it near as often. You know, a lot of times, some of them guys has only got five, six, maybe seven hooks throughout the season, which that's definitely not near enough. But, but then, unfortunately, now the OSTPAs went to the other extent, and, yeah, I think we had 23 or 24 hooks, something like that. When I first started, I think there was only 14, maybe 14 or 15, but every year they gain a few more. Yeah, I know this on is- UPM side of things um- – they, I mean, they only have like six or eight hooks maybe at most, but that's because a lot of them run the Grand National Tour as well. So they don't want to be overbooking and or booking on top of them. So, is that true that ITPA used to have them? I believe so. I think they did at one point. That'd be a question for Dylan Wyatt, probably. Dylan or Clint, probably. Yeah. Hmm. I think they did, though. Yeah, they did, because for the wrong reason, I do, on one of Clint's wild ride videos, I do remember a semi that was at an ITPA hook being on one. Okay. Hmm. It, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That is interesting, though. It's not. It's not. It's not many associations that have them, but it's they're kind of iconic, though. I mean, Ohio State is the most iconic when it comes to having semi class, but there are other ones that do have kind of a history of having them, like you, like Brent said, UPM and uh, Badger State used to. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I believe ITPA. That's where Walkers used to run that class every now and then. Maybe that's why they. We're down here. They had a hook in Illinois or something. Yeah, I believe I believe I remember seeing something when they used to pull the state fair down there. That's interesting. Yeah, it seems like most of the fairs want to see them, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we got to go to so many because I mean, the fairs decide which classes they want. You know, they've got their pick from all the classes with the OSTPA, and ours is one of the ones that they definitely heavily pick. Yeah, I know it was discussed even, you know, with TPC for our event where we're discussing classes. And one of the things is like, well, do we keep semis? And we brought up the point. If you looked around when you guys were hooking to like hooking to the sled, every single person was standing up with their phones out. And so it's just like it's a no brainer. I mean, people want to see it. So that's why just got to have them. That's why I think a lot of events want it. It's just something you don't get to see every day. Uh Uh-huh. Definitely a crowd pleaser. I mean, even if you're like BG or Rockwell or Toma or any big Ohio State hook, like you said, camera the phones are up, people are paying attention. It's just some that can for the daily for the daily worker they can uh, relate to. They yeah. some they see up down the road every day. Yeah. See on the road every day, or you know, for for our demographic, you know, so many people 
have one or many. You know, most farmers have got a grain truck, so they get it. And to see one that, that is that highly strong, yeah, it kind of gets you on the edge of your seat. Like, we'll see what this is all about. Yeah. I had a comment on uh, my post whenever I was putting it up for what we were doing this week on the show. Someone from my hometown area was like, I really wish we could get these guys down here to see what they could do. And I said, I wish we could too. I think it'd be an awesome show in the Southern half of the world. Well, number four. Number four, that's where I'm going to land your uh, BG ring winner, Silver Bullet 2, Fred Sanders. Didn't hit all the hooks, I don't think, um, but uh, you kind of know when he's there. Yeah. Copy and paste, same thing. Uh, He had a BG ring. uh, Always a tough runner whenever he's on the Ohio State circuit or PPL NTPA. Definitely not one that you – it's not like a household name semi, but it's one that will sneak up on you. Yeah. My number four is actually the Class Act truck. He had an OSCPA win and took a second and a third at Bowling Green this year. Yep. He also picked up the win at the World Series of Polling. Yeah, that's a real top truck. Mm -hmm. Really top. I couldn't find that or else I would have included it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately all the PPL results got wiped, but yeah, yeah. kind of kind of had to scramble a little bit for them. Yeah. Kind of sort of Not class act's always a it's always an in- interesting truck to watch. I, now, Gene, you run against him a lot. Is there a certain driving style he has to when he runs this truck cuz it seems like he doesn't fully hit it to about 60, 75 feet. Yeah, yeah, that's um, different. Yeah, he, he does. He, you know, he only like three-quarters throttle is what it seems like. And then when he gets out there, in fact, I was thinking it was further out than that. I was thinking it was out 75 to 100 feet. Then all of a sudden he just mashes on it after that, you know. and It's, it's different. He's got some juice under the hood. How many guys at this level with the semis – um, are still foot throttle versus hand throttle? That's a good question. Um, most of the hotter ones I'm thinking are, are hand throttle. Um, all of our so. electronic ones at this point are still um, foot throttle with the electronic ones. Um, I've got a hand throttle and a twisted kitty though. But a lot of them, I'm not even sure. You know, I've never really looked in a lot of them to see what they do have, to be truthful with you. You would think with, you know, sometimes if they get bouncing or hopping, that they the hand throttle seems to be a little easier on you, a little easier to control than a foot throttle. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know, because once, once I'm screaming down through there, I'm standing on that throttle, so... Um, <laughs> You, you know, I, I don't try easing it out of the hole, you know, because I'm afraid of not having enough boost to do that. So, you know, w- once you're full throttle, it just stays full throttle the whole way down, down through there. So yeah. I'm a standing on it. So I've never really had an issue of it, of my foot coming up off as far as that part is concerned. Yeah. I'm curious, and you guys don't, either one of you guys have to give an exact number, but what are, 
around the RPM range are you guys leaving the line at? Oh, mid thirties. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm leaving the line about forty five hundred. Wow. You know, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. You're multi charger, aren't you? That's right. Yep. That's another thing. How many of the trucks that are left? Because if I remember right, and I was looking on the OSCPA site, they were pro stock semis. So is that still um, all the multi charger guys and all that stuff? That's single chargers only. Yep. Single only. Okay. Yeah, you can run a multi charger with the OSTPA, but you've got to get up to give up two inches of hitch height if you do that. Oof. Interesting. Okay. okay. Hmm. Do, does anyone that you can think of actually have multi-chargers that runs with you, or is it mostly just all big singles? There was a couple, and I forget which ones they were, but there was a couple, and it's been a few years ago, that did have. I mean, I thought that maybe... Nikki's nightmare may have, but I could be wrong on that one. But there was a couple that ran with us that they, that they did say was giving up some hitchhike because of that. And I can't remember 100% for sure which ones they were. And then there was um, Class Act. He used to have multi-ones. Multi and so anytime he ran with us, he would have to give up the hitchhike also. But um, did, he went back to the single. I saw at least a couple times this year that Francis and Bonner were out with you guys. Are they still multi-charger or did they switch over to singles? Yeah, that part I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, they was out at um, Portage County with us, and um, I'm not real sure what theirs was, to be truthful with you. I'm always yeah. rushing around so much trying to get all the trucks ready and stuff that I don't get to pay as much attention to some of the other stuff as what, um, what I'd like to be able to. I think at least one of his trucks went to a single charger, if not. I believe you're right. Okay. Yeah. So you guys were talking about uh, giving up the hitchhike. Kind of explain, I mean... I don't know anything about a semi. Kind of explain how critical that is for y'all's uh, class. Well, I'm thinking it's this critical. I mean, it's definitely critical. I mean, the the higher the hitch, of course, the further you're going to go. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty critical. Okay. Basically, from what they from what their guesstimate was when they were talking about it at our meetings and stuff there a few years ago. Um, two inches would be pretty much giving up 20 feet is about what they were saying. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. How did they yeah, arrive? To and that's a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Two inches is a lot. And, and when you think about the, the uh, turbochargers that are out now, some of these big Weimer chargers and stuff, you know, they're moving as much air as a, as a three charger setup. Um, uh -huh. one, of the, one of the biggest reasons that I've, gone to three chargers and stuck with three chargers is that I'm running the same three chargers that I started with four years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And these big Weimer chargers now um, are going to cost you what I got invested in three of them. And if you, and it, if you got a big charger like that, and I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, to get two seasons out of those, you're probably doing pretty I, oh, yeah. I think I think two seasons out of a big one is honestly a bit generous. And yeah, you're you're right, Brian. We had that conversation a couple weeks ago when we talked to uh, Shebel and Burge, you know, on the diesel super stock tractor. That's the thing. It, you know, the pro stock, yeah, they got that six inch charger on it, but they're running it at 100 percent of its duty cycle map. Mm 
So it's on kill all the time. Whereas right. the compounding, you're not, you're never pushing any stage to 100% of its efficiency map, and it lives. Right. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, in our class, I don't see where a multi-charger isn't an advantage to a to a big single anymore. You know, years ago it was, but I I don't see it anymore. That's really interesting. Especially and the fact you've been able to get four years out of them. Mm -hmm. Especially to the point where, you know, you'd have to drop hitch heights if you wanted to run in that class. It's, you know, I would probably hook with Ohio State. And I did I did a back in the beginning because I was running a you know a pro stock motor when I first started. And I ran with Ohio State some, but you know, I didn't get out there a lot. And you could probably get away being multi-charger with dropping the hitch two inches if a, if a single charger guy had to do the same thing, and they don't. Now you're buzzing the tires and you risk overspeeding that turbo. Yeah, I, I mean, two inches is just such a disadvantage. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I just learned a lot right there. Wow. That's, that's That makes you think. That really does make you think. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Well, I know Wyatt and I both <clears throat> had talked about how many multi-charger semis there are still out there. Most of them that are out there are just parked currently. Other than I think Brian is the only one I can think of that currently runs. Mm -hmm. Now, like you said before, Bonner might be multi-charger. Um, someone commented that he went to single. I wonder if that was both trucks or if that was just one truck. Yeah, I'm not sure. Either. What's I the name of that truck? Maximus Prime one and two, okay, and they were they were multi in the sense that they being a Mac V eight they were they were twin compounds so four charger, but you know each side was two two compounded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely quite a few steps you can play with there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Nate says they're both both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now I guess actually. With the old V12 Detroits now, we're allowed to run multi-chargers with those just for the fact that they're two-stroke and they take so much air to actually operate. So that was an, I mean, that's an exception to the rule. Well, that's interesting, too. Did anybody run, Ohio State does allow, anybody run in Detroit with anything other than an Allison behind it? No, I guess Larrabee was going to, and he had everything... <laughs> set up to do that and then that's when he decided to just get away from the detroits altogether and then went to the um to kt's gotcha okay but but he's the only one that i knew of that was going to try they're they're such a short stroke and you almost need that um transmission to, to where you've got a lock up in the converter to where it's almost like you're shifting because i mean they they fall on their face so quick that you know you almost need to where you've got that extra gear and if you went with a standard, you don't have it. Perfect. Yeah, 2018. I knew it had been a while. I think they were out last summer. They were. Yep. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah, so they got back out last year. And I think they had them out once or twice in 21 as well. Okay. But none this year. But, yeah, they, they did get out. They ran – I know they ran, they ran the big rigs with 
full pole productions a few times. So yeah. okay, and they ran I think PPL once, on uh, PA. Few people saying Canfield Fair. So yep, they were out. Yep. Yeah, those trucks are awesome. Quite history to them. Yep. All right, number three. Let's go. Oh, I did my top three like eighteen different times, and so we're gonna go with the go with the last, where I wound up with this last version. Uh, number three, that's where I put in uh, Nick's Nightmare, um, Champion Truck. Good solid season, and I really got to hand it to you for all the traveling you do to to even commit to something like this from as far out east as you come. And, and be that strong and, and knowing that if you break it, you got a long way back home to fix it and then come back around. But uh, good, good solid season for you guys. And I, I put you at number three. Congratulations, hey, too. Wyatt, before uh, you go on, <clears throat> Brian, what did you end up breaking um, at Bowling Green that you weren't able to come back and actually make a hook on Saturday night? Um, we found a lot of stuff in the filters and, and, uh, Kent came over. We we looked at it and checked stuff over. We're pretty sure that we either cracked or broke a crank. Um, never had never had bearing problems in that motor or the pro stock motor. So um, we we think that something in that crank let go. We haven't I haven't torn it down yet, but um, we're getting there. Now I didn't look at results. Did you even did you go to the Enderly? I didn't see. No, I didn't. I didn't because of that reason. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go through all the time and the money that it was going to take to to drop the pan and and uh, you know we could have rolled some bearings in it, but if that cranks actually got some issues, it it would have come apart. So yeah. yeah, we decided to salvage what parts we can salvage, and you know, and and putting a new block and crank in it's not not going to be a big chore. So. Yeah, we could call it quits. Yeah. Rather be safe. You yeah. were talking about uh, checking your filters and everything. What does maintenance on y'all's vehicles look like compared to, say, Super Farm, Pro Stock, what have you? Um, I check my screens every run after every run. You know, I'll pull the tops off the screens, take a look at them, um, change the oil every four runs, change the oil in the in the. Um, injection pump every four rounds and you know, we'll check the valves probably once through the season um clutch adjustment once or twice through the season and that's on a short season for us you know we really? only have 10 times mm -hmm. are your chargers a divorced oil circuit or are they uh same as the engine no no they have their own tank I don't, okay. i'm not sure what you called it but yeah no they they have their own tank Okay. All right. Oh. My bad. I, that just popped into my head and I reset that. No, you're good. I actually had the same question. Um, my number three, let's go to Holy Smokes. He had two Grand National wins. He had a finish off the year in Wheatland. Um, definitely made a major improvements to that truck. Um, for some reason, this year it came on a lot stronger than it has in the past. If I'm not mistaken, he did have a new motor this year, Brian. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a complete. He had some problems at Toma. I think it was Toma this year, where he mm -hmm. twisted off a 
oil pump shaft. Um, and he, you know, he, he went back, did some upgrades to that. And, and yeah, he, he came on. That's a strong runner. Mm -hmm. He's going to be tough to beat coming here. Yeah. yeah. Why was it Hutchinson where he made that incredible pass or where was that? At? Yeah, that was the first night at Hutch. He, yeah, he came back and dropped. I think he dropped the last and came back and won. Well, they, no, they reset the sled. That's what. Yeah, they reset the sled and he came back last. And yeah, yeah, and then he had a he had a monster pass for Rockwell, and it sounded like he was missing half the time down the track. That's yeah. what it sounded like in Hutch too. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, and if well, I'm not mistaken, he has also picked up um, the win at the. Cast and truck show as well at the Big Iron Classic. Yeah, they always yeah. get usually like six six semis there, and and I know he laid down a pretty good run there as well. And he ended up winning the Enderly also. Yeah, there you go. And and in doing so at the Enderly, he laid down a monster pass, stuck a thumbs down out the window, and came back whatever four trucks later and did it again. Right. Wow. Figuring something out. Well, wow. yeah, his first run at the Enderly, he had some issues. Something was going on there, and he knew it. Yeah, that's why he. That's why he dropped that. It was all over the place. Yeah, yeah it it didn't go straight. It was not a good run. Right, right. He fixed it. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cracking my top three. That's where I came in with the rubber duck. He got a third place at Bowling Green. And that truck's another strong contender, no matter where it goes. Huh. All right. Well, to the top we go. Um, for all the reasons we just mentioned, that's where Lonnie Sailor and Holy Smokes comes in for me. Like we said, made major improvements. He definitely showed he's got winning capabilities. My number two, that's where I went with the Nikki's Nightmare truck. Uh, you won the HPA title this year. That was your back-to-back. -back. You had one Grand National win. You had many close seconds, but um, your truck's always been a stop runner. Whenever it comes around, people know you get, you're coming to play. Hey, Charles. Yeah. Copy and paste. No. 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 I mean, holy smokes. Oh, My bad. You had to specify which one. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Yep, two wins, five top fives on the NTPA side of things, and then the incredible hooks in Hutch and Enderly. I mean, he had a heck of a year. Now, Brian, is he going to be running the NTPA Grand National Circuit next year, or did he tell you anything? What's that again? I'm sorry. Did uh, Lonnie tell you that he's going to run the Grand National or PPL next year, or did he say anything? He's going to run uh, Grand National. I know that. I'm, I'm not sure about PPL. Okay. I think he's, he's doing the same thing we all are. We're waiting for that schedule to, to come to the surface. Yeah. For PPL. Yeah. Yeah. We still don't have any idea what our schedule is going to be for Mid-South yet. We normally have a schedule dropped at the banquet. And with everything that's happened, we still don't have one out yet. Cause I asked around. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll come soon. Yep. Well, let's get to number one. 
Well, I think with the way my top 10 played out, this should be no surprise to anybody. Nope. Well, I think you know where I'm going with this one, too. I think you can kind of paste that one, too. For all the reasons, PPL title. No, 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 no. Well, you already said him, didn't you? Not for you. Yeah. You yeah. yeah, that, that would have been my number one also. I went with Silver Bullet, too. He he had two OSCPA wins, but he swept Bowling Green. If you sweep Bowling Green in any shape or form to me, that's that's incredible. Definitely no slouch. No. No. But Gene, like you said, you, you have you were gonna put him in number one if you had a list? Uh class act, yeah. Definitely number one would have been class act in, in my book. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a testament to the, what they do with that truck because they stick a couple different drivers there in there throughout the year, and they all can make it go down. So it's a tough mm-hmm. runner. Yeah. Now, huh. we, were ta- we were talking earlier about multi-chargers. He was multi-charged and then went to single, correct? Right, yeah. correct. I think he's been single-charger for at least two years, maybe three now. Yeah. Yeah, three or four. <clears throat> at least three. I think 2019 is when he went full-time single. Okay. That sounds about right. Well, multi or single, it's always been tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going I'm to throw out a hypothetical to you, Brian, with, when it comes to Bowling Green. In session number two, Fred Sanders did double the win, but only by a foot over class act. You were number two in session one. Had you not broke, would you have had, a, had something to say about who got that ring? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you just never know that. You know, Fred's a tough competitor. I, I'm so glad to see him win the ring. Um, you know, I can't say that I could have beat either one of them because, you know, I can go either way. Mm-hmm. And that, that's actually that was actually Fred's third win at Bowling Green in a row because he, he won the second session, you know, two years ago, and then he won both of these this year. So. Oh, wow. He's definitely a tough competitor and a super nice guy. Yeah, definitely. Another week down. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. I don't think this one was as hectic as last week, though, when it comes to figure out who to put where. No. It's just getting no. results. No, it wasn't. We, uh, I think we have agreed that we're, gonna, we're still putting an embargo on Light Pro and Limited Pro until after ship. So we got to figure out what the heck we're going to do next week. <sighs> well, while you guys figure that out, Brian, question for you. Um, since you just run primarily NTPA, is there any, I guess, event that you would like to, whether they have semis or not, that currently, would you like to go there at some point and just, you know, make a pass there? Or would you hope that NTPA gets into an, into that event at some point to be able to make a pass down there? Um, no, I mean, you know, I would go elsewhere to hook, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it was the right event at the right time. And that's a lot of the problem with, that I have with PPL is, you know, I am so far away from everything. I have to kind of say, all right, my dedic- I'm dedicating myself to NTPA, but, you know, for me to drop into a PPL hook, Time, time is it's such a strain, 
And a lot of times, you know, it, it might be a day or two before an NTPA hook. And then do I take a chance on tearing something up? And then, and then what do I, where do I go to get it fixed? Mm -hmm. yep. um, you know, I, you know, I've been up to Lonnie Sailor's place, you know, and he helped me out two years ago when I had issues. Um, you know, so I, I have, you know, friends that are in our class that are willing to help me out when I need to. Um, but I, I just really, you know, an NTPA, you know, we only hook nine times plus the Enderley. But for me, you know, that's a that's a lot of pulling for me because you know, it's two days to get anywhere and two days to get home. And then a lot of them are back to back weekends. So, you know, I, a lot of times I spend the whole week out there, mm -hmm. you know, and then I rely on my help to, you know, keep our business going and, and, uh, it, it's just tough. You know, it, it'd be great to live in the middle of Ohio where, you know, you can hook two or three times a week if you wanted to, but, uh, it, it's just really tough for me to get out there and, yeah. and hit them all the, that I would like to hit. You are definitely one of the greatest to commit to something for how far away you are, um, just like the Blagraves are with the Superstock Diesel. Definitely time commitment and money commitment. You, you're the one that's a testament to that. Well, you know, once you once you start pulling, it's it's just a it's an awful bug that, that gets in your system, and you know, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty tough to walk away from. I agree, absolutely. Absolutely right. We well, do have one suggestion for next week from Mr. Doug Borth, and it's not a bad one. Three six. No, pick your sixes. Not a bad one. Well, we're closing in on our hour time commit to you guys. Um, any final thoughts from anybody or comments? Uh, anything you want to know from Brian or Gene before we turn them loose? Put them in the comments now, please. Well, maybe just if there's any certain plans you have for next year they haven't set or what you guys plan on for any updates or places you're going to go. Nope, I'm not sure where I'm going yet. We'll just wait till the schedules come out and decide from there. And we're doing, doing a few upgrades, so we'll see how they work out. Well, you do know you're going to be a Polar Championship. That's a, one event you know you're going to be at. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Awesome. But, yeah, if I, um, if I wasn't in the middle of Ohio like this, um, I don't know that I would be pulling because I don't think I could handle having to go so far, like he was saying, you know, to go to a pull. You know, that just that, that would just take a lot of the fun out of it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, we figured out. We have we figured out anything? When is that champions poll? What's the date? Uh, May nineteenth and twentieth. May. Yep. Week before Memorial. Okay. Well, I'll see what I can do. Ooh, love to have you. Yep, absolutely. That'd be great. See if we can get our stuff put back together. Gene and Brian, head to head. You've got a little, got a little time yet. Yep. I've been talking to Lonnie too, and he's been interested as well. So yeah. 
Good well, just God. when you think you have a lot of time is when you run out of time. <laughs> this is a very, this is very true. Or you call that supplier who's got that critical part and he keeps telling you every two weeks, oh, it'll be two more weeks. Right, right. <laughs> or they won't answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick on debt. Yeah. Nightmare is number one on my list. Good to see you, Nick. Nick. <laughs> Nick. Nick got chose to go to uh, Louisville this year after seven years of trying. Yeah, nice. that was awesome. Mm -hmm. I was going through our uh, Midwest Runner Nationals list of guys, and I noticed a couple of my buddies that live about 20 miles up the road from me pulled out from there, and they said, we are saving it for Farm Show. Fortunately for them, they got into Farm Show, but I really hate them, and I get to see them at Shipshawana. Hey, uh, Gene and Brian, I've got a question. Are there any are there any indoor poles you guys wish you could pull at? Ooh. Gene, you want to go first? Well, most of those in, indoor poles is when it's um, still pretty chilly weather. And my trucks don't like chilly weather. And I mean, they, they do bring them in to warm them up, but everybody I've talked to said you don't really get them warmed up near like you need to. Hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you, Mr. Brian? Well, I had a chance to go to Louisville last year. I was invited, but uh, my equipment's just not set up to to travel the, you know, the snowy and icy roads. And you know, I pull my truck with a motorhome with an open trailer, and and I just I just can't do that. You know, I mean, yeah, it would be great to go there, you know, for one one time, and but uh, I, I just can't be up and down the roads with salt on them. And that's my only excuse. Yeah, mine, mine open trailer too. Yeah, very understandable. Yeah, that's that part of it's kind of a bummer because there is the the rumor that uh, four point ones will be a part of Midwest Winter Nationals in twenty twenty four. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> Enough people are asking for it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, Brian, cool. Brian, when uh, Cloverdale was still around for NCPA, did you have a chance to go there, or did you not go? To Cloverdale? Yeah, when they had semis there. I didn't go there either. I just, you know, being being in the middle of the winter. I did get invited one year, I guess, but uh, yeah, I chose not to. Yeah, traveling is definitely a bad thing. Yeah, it's yeah. all for me. Yep. I can only imagine. You know what Buffalo's like. <laughs> You're a long way from there, too. I don't know anything about that, but just what I've, I've seen off television, I, I think I'll stick down here. We, yeah. I've already got my taste of cold for the year being mm -hmm. below zero. I've never seen that in Kentucky before, so <laughs> I'll, I'll just take your word for it. Oh, it's, 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 I'm ready to break the shorts back out of the dresser drawer. Yeah, it, it was 48 degrees today. today. <laughs> it was mid 40s today. It was 55 down here today. Yeah. That wind was, was a little huffy, though. Negative 10 last week, the 48 <laughs> yeah. day. That was a big swing. Negative 10 was your high, Brent? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> no, thanks. No, no, thanks. Well, do we want to do uh, three sixes or what? do we want to do something like 
I've got to find something to, for Cloverdale. And not Cloverdale, sorry. Chip Shawana. My bad. Yeah. And coming up next Thursday, we're still a week out. So next Thursday will be our show, last show before Ship Shawana, right? Yeah. And then week of, obviously, I'll be there. So that takes me out. Me too. Wyatt, you're doing it by yourself. <laughs> right. Well, we can. Both three sixes and eighty five hundreds are both a part of Ship Shawana. So if I say something out of line, I got two classes that I can piss somebody off in it. So, and and know where I can hide while I'm at the event. So, well, we already did light limit supers, so we're kind of halfway there or somewhat. Hey, Charles, I can't either. Right. <laughs> so, well, I'm seeing three sixes. Oh, so, hmm. everybody's saying three sixes. All right, yeah, there's less of them than there is the 8500s. Yeah. Well, there we go. All right. I've got another prep to do, too. Six it is. Three, three six yep. is right before ship. So. Cool. Anyway. All right. I guess next week we're going with 3.6s. So. That's the thing. Well. Yeah. Mr. Gene and I. did we lose Mr. Brian? I might have. I was wondering for a second it was mine that gapped out, but. I thought it was mine. So, well, anyway, Mr. Gene, thank you. Mr. Brian, if you can hear us, thank you for coming on joining us as well. We had a great time. I learned a lot tonight about semis. I mean, I've always gotten to see them run at Bowling Green uh, whenever we go, but that's really been about it. So thank you guys for coming on and talking with us, doing these rankings. And uh, we will My catch pleasure. up with you guys. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. Right. Everyone, thanks, thanks for having me in. Yep. Thanks, Gene. We'll, we'll see you in May. Yep. Later on. Take see care. You. Yep. Later on. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We will be doing three sixes next week, and we will see all of you guys then. Thanks, everybody. All right. Later on. <laughs> <laughs>